0: All things theology all things theology we chop it up properly without an apology gotta get taxology to god hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology well grace and peace grace and peace welcome back to another episode of all things theology it's your boy k-dub and today we're gonna ask the question and answer it can you be a pro choice quish qu- pro choice christian sorry tongue twister there but before we do that make sure you like the video subscribe to the channel and as always click that notification bell so you can be aware when i drop new content as you can see the all things Theolo- theology studio has made a few upgrades hope you're enjoying it more upgrades will be in the near future but yes we have upgraded we you know we moved <laughs> and i have my own office set up Uh, bellowed my wife for it. (laughs) No, she was all for it. So I hope you enjoy the the looks aesthetically. Hope you enjoy that. Speaking of new, we're going to be not only is the aesthetically new, we're going to do new things here, right? I want to start opening up uh, the podcast, the show with a thought-provoking question or statement. So today's statement I'm going to make that is thought-provoking, is this. And I want you to think about it. As I always say here on All Things Theology Podcast, think about it, right? My thought-provoking statement to open up today's discussion is, abortion is a Christological heresy. Maybe you've never thought of it from that vantage point, from that view. Allow me to explain Allow me to explain why I say abortion is a Christological heresy, not just murder and evil and sin, but it's actually heretical. Why is that? Because it denies the full humanity of that which is in the womb. Right. We apply this to Christ and obviously we see how it is heretical. It denies that when Christ was in the womb. He was fully human. Right. And. That is actually problematic to say that Christ was not fully human when he became incarnate is a heretical statement. You know, I said that online on Twitter and had a lot of people who were pro-choice saying, well, we don't really know when Christ became human. And it's proving my point once again. Proving my point. Looks good, brother. I appreciate you. Grace and peace. Set up quick. <laughs> I was up all night working on this, <laughs> working on the desk, working on the background. Oh, man, I'll tell you what I say. I sweat it. But as I do all shows, hey, why don't you sit back and have a fresh, you know, not a uh, carbonated drink, non-alcoholic, of course, and enjoy the show. Ah, Sit back and enjoy. So, yes. So I hope that thought provoking statement was helpful for you. I encourage you to bring that up when you're, when you're uh, discussing with um, pro-choice proponents, especially those who claim to be Christian, which leads into today's topic of today. Can you be pro-choice and Christian? We're going to tackle that because I'm seeing a large movement of those who claim to be Christians who are arguing for, for the murder of babies in the womb. You know, it used to be something... Where that's something you had to argue with people who didn't even profess the faith. But now there are people who professing the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and arguing that it is okay to terminate the life inside the womb. So we're going to look at one person in particular. Um, You may have heard of her channel. She goes by her channel name. uh, God is gray. (laughs) We're going to we're going to dissect some of her arguments. To see if she's being consistent. So if you're watching right now, just like, like it, it's, it's, just, it's just free to do so, right? It just takes two seconds. Like this video. So we're going to look at God is Gray on the issue of abortion. Like I said, have your Bibles out because we're going to go through some Bible verse because she tries to add some biblical justification for why it is okay. So let's get into it.
1: And today I'm going to explain why I am a pro-choice Christian and why I know for an absolute fact that overturning Roe v. Wade would be anti-Christ.
0: Okay, so we're going to point out a contradiction later, but she says she knows for a fact. This is like, this is what I question, right? Ending Roe v. Wade would cause, would be anti-Christian. So, wow, that's a an alarming statement right that not not only is you know she's proposing her view she's saying the opposite right being against um abortion is anti-christian and i just can't help but think of the bible verse woe to those who call evil good and good evil right this is a actually you know a a a role reversal so to speak um but we will continue
1: first birth is anti-christ and inhumane, Satan's favorite attributes of a national policy, and I will.
0: Satan, <laughs> Satan is the one who kills, steals, and destroys. But and that's exactly what abortion does—not saving the life of the child. But we'll, we'll we'll get into this more so.
1: Also remind you that there is a very good argument that Mary herself consented to being impregnated by God,
0: arguing over. Um, I, I would be curious is would she be, would she, yes, um, she's out of her mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cause cause she wanted to make an argument to, for Mary, right? I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Is, is she arguing? Would she argue that it would have been okay if Mary would have killed the son of God in the womb? Let's let's get this out of our mind first. Like that never even crossed Mary's mind. Right. There was no local parent parenthood you can go to and kill your baby. Right. It was viewed as sinful to murder your baby. Thankfully. Right. I mean, the Jews had a (laughs) understanding and a concept of thou shalt not murder. Um, She seemed to think that it's okay, And, you you know, you'll you'll see a lot of this argument today. The issue of consent. Let's take Mary out out of this because, (laughs) uh, right, she uh, did not have sexual um, engagements with a man to conceive a child, obviously virgin birth. Right. But everyone, every else of us outside of rape, right outside of incest, I'm talking about the normative means of how someone gets pregnant is you consent to having sex when you consent to having sex, you therefore consent to the results or the fruit of what sex causes, right? You can't say, well, I consent to sex. And then you get pregnant and say, well, I didn't consent to the pregnancy. Well, that's a result of what the sex can lead to. You know, it would be like me eating and I gain calories, right? I, I I gain weight. (laughs) It's like, well, you consented by eating. And so it's a, it's a bit absurd to uh, use the whole, well, I don't consent to pregnancy, but you want the sex part. We'll, we'll get to more of that in here in a second. But I just want to show you, she's trying to actually use biblical justification for her wicked views on abortion.
1: Consented to being impregnated by God. Arguing over when life begins is a waste of time and energy.
0: Yeah, I could see why you, you uh, would feel that way because this issue is not on your side i mean it's very clear life begins at conception i mean they they have dna they they are uh many of the qualities you have as a full grown adult uh many even by the time they get to uh i mean very young in the pregnancy a a baby has obviously the baby's still developing uh, these things but it still has it you know it's at a very immature state uh, but a child in the womb has it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. There are very rare occurrences when the mother's life is in danger due to her pregnancy. Yeah, absolutely. It's not normative, you know, because the pro-choice side, right? They want to make it a, like, like it's normative, like, like half of pregnancies are risking the mother's health. And by risking the health, they usually mean like stopping her from going to college and being successful working woman. Right. That's that's health when it comes to a lot of these pro-choice people. So you have to actually uh, call out some of the language they use. And we're going to see some of that language here in a second. Right. Uh,
1: Yeah. Watching people debate this is like watching two people race on mouse wheels. You're both expending energy and going absolutely nowhere.
0: It is actually very important when life begins, because if life begins in the womb, you would have to argue you are able to kill someone in the womb. Right. It it when life begins is actually fundamental to the topic of abortion. But she's just like, I ah, just dismiss it and kind of shift the goalposts, argue something else. Because I would hope God is great would say you cannot kill a human for any unjustifiable reason. I, I, I really hope we can establish that groundwork and say, yeah, it is wrong. If it is wrong, then. And a baby, uh, 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 you know, that which is in the womb is human at, at the point of conception, which it is. Then logically it follows. Then you cannot abort a child because it is a human and you cannot kill a human for any unjustifiable reason. So this is why it's actually important. The question she tries to dismiss. Right. And by the way, the point she's trying to give are points and areas to convince people why it's okay to be pro-choice? That's her. That's why she made this uh, video. Why it's okay to be pro-choice?
1: The debate on when life begins is a matter of personal morality. It's an.
0: What if I say a life begins at three years old? Then is it okay to kill a two-year-old? I mean, the, the logic behind this is not well thought out. You don't get the. It's not a personal morality when you think life begins. You, what if I say thirty-three? And then I, I, you know, you you kill someone, you murder someone, and then the judge is like, why did you kill this person? It was a human. He's like, sir, my personal morality says people aren't human until 33. And the judge is supposed to be like, oh, oh, why didn't you say so? (laughs) Release this man. No, that would be absurd. And so is this argumentation
1: existential question and if someone already believes in life at conception they are going to believe that abortion is wrong
0: well convince me with facts science logic you know you guys were all science you know <laughs> just a few years ago with the math stuff but oh boy interesting
1: what you need to do is pivot not into shouting my body my choice because pro-lifers do not care about that what you're
0: going to well, no, I actually do care about my body, my choice. You should not be able to harm another person's body. The baby is not your body. Let's get that straight. You know, I shared something like that on um my Twitter, by the way. Let me uh by the way, follow me uh, @KateupTrue on Twitter. Let me uh pull this up here. Yeah. My body, my choice, right? And the doctor's like, "Uh, this is your baby's body." Yes. You cannot harm someone else's body, right? For unjustifiable reasons. So I'm okay with the my body, my choice argument. The problem is your baby's body is not your body. That would be absurd. Absurd to argue.
1: My heart, my goal is to see abortion. rate.
0: Oh, by the way, she's saying, hey. This is the line of argumentation that you that you should uh, use instead. So let me let me go back to. So you make sure we hear her. We we want to hear what people are saying, right?
1: What you're going to say is my heart, my goal is to see abortion rates drastically decline nationwide. I vote pro-choice because pro-choice policymakers work to implement change that makes our nation hospitable to new and existing human life. Now that sounds like Jesus Christ to me.
0: Yeah, but when you terminate a baby, you don't have an existing life now. You, you've you ridded that life. so. I I don't I don't see what's so fascinating about that argument when it contradicts what you just said previously. So. Yeah, I, I think what Philip says is spot on here. I think for me, I prefer coming at the question by saying the issue is what kind of Christian are we when we deliberately choose to affirm that which Christ condemned? Yeah, Christ absolutely condemned murder. No question. No question. I mean, that cannot be substantiated, right? That he. uh Condemn murder, right? I mean, every Christian should be on on that issue, right? Right.
1: After making that point, if you really want to, you can also point out to the person that the Bible actually says life begins at first breath.
0: So, (laughs) she's going to try to go to the Bible to say life begins at first breath. Now, We're going to look at these verses, and this shows this lady has no clue what she's talking about, right? So she's really trying to argue, you're not human, you're not really living until you exit the womb. That's what we're hearing right now, right, is that you're not really a human being until you exit the womb. Something special happens through that canal, which... Now you're human. Now you're really living. Right. Um, very interesting. Right. But, but but we're going to actually look at the verses she tries to substantiate to say uh, because she she uses three verses. And my goodness, uh, she she goes over three swing and a miss on everyone swing and a miss
1: not at conception in genesis 2 7 in job 33 4 and ezekiel 37 5 reads thus says the lord god to
0: uh, hold on let's look at this first verse genesis 2 7 right he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and it was then that the man became a living being well first of all let's understand what this text is about who it's about it's about adam he didn't go through a womb. So, yes, when the spirit breathing him made him alive, yes, he became awakened. He uh, a living being. Right. So this isn't even talking about someone coming from the womb to, you know, being born. So let's get that. So oh, for one there and eh, right wrong. It's not even the same discussion. Um, Job 33, four, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of, of the almighty gives me life. Again, not even talking about when uh, f- this actually goes against our point, because it seems that the p- point Job is making whenever he was made, that's when the breath of the Almighty gives me life, right? Not you're made. And then further down the line, eight, nine months later, then you got life. That's not that's not what's being argued here. So eh, wrong there again. Let's hear it. 33,
1: 4 and Ezekiel 37, 5 reads, thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live.
0: Yeah. My sister Toya said she is really comparing Adam to an unborn baby. Yeah. Right. I mean, shocked me too. But if you want to see more exegesis, stick around, sis, because she's, we're not done with the, or sorry, I said exegesis, the eisegesis. We're not done because she's going to continue to uh mishandle the text, especially here. Ezekiel thirty seven, five. If you if you're a Bible student, you know very automatic, you know very clearly what Ezekiel thirty seven is about. But let let's let's see what she says.
1: It is also true that Exodus twenty one states
0: Oh wait, wait, wait. So she goes to another argument. She goes to another argument. Ezekiel thirty seven. Let me pull up my Bible here. <laughs> because she uses a passage Apparently saying this, the, when, you know, when you, when you're giving life, right. Um, whenever you're born, right. That's when you are, are I guess, truly living when your first breath. And and by the way, it's your first breath outside the womb. Cause you're still breathing inside the womb. So <laughs> her point still goes against her. Um, right. But Ezekiel 37, let, let me, let me pull this up real quick. Notice what it says. Uh, she tries to use Ezekiel 37, five, um, where it says, thus the Lord, thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. This is, has nothing to do with the point she's trying to make. Ezekiel's 37 point is that Israel are the bones, these dead bones. What 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 God is doing is telling um, Ezekiel to look out, right? Matter of fact, let's start at verse one. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. So Ezekiel looking out in these valleys full of bones. Right. Dry, dead bones. Right. Obviously, that's a redundant. And notice what he says. And he led me around them and behold, they were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know. Right. And then he tells him to prophesy of the bones, right, to hear the word of the Lord. And obviously, God is showing him this is the condition and the state of Israel. They are spiritually dead. And and just in case you say, oh, you're just reading into that. That's actually what he says uh, in verse 11. Then he said to me, that is God, son of man. These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Right. This is the point of that passage in Ezekiel 37 and what God is telling them is they need to be made alive what is he saying they need to be born again that is the point but somehow she reads into this about abortion arguments (laughs) like you want to know how bad the uh the uh arguments out there for the pro-choice argument they have to stretch text like this but we're not done with her mishandling of the text we're not done i i wish i wish we were i wish we were yeah yeah so she basically googled scripture passes with the word breath in it and here we go yeah right I, I mean that must have been what she did right yeah yeah does she think that pre babies are miraculous because they can move around the womb without breathing outside the womb yeah like does she think they're not breathing in the womb like holding their breath for nine months goodness that's a miracle there um, I, I mean, I'm lost for words. I'm lost at words. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. Cause we're going to get another text. She tries to bring up to, to, to are you for abortion. Let's do it. Cause breath to
1: enter you and you shall live. It is also true that Exodus 21 states that if a man causes a woman to miscarry, he shall be fined, whereas if he causes that woman to die, he shall be put to death, putting a clear distinction in penalty where only the death of the woman herself is considered a capital offense.
0: Now, this is why I am a proponent of when people bring up verses... Go to the verse they're actually talking about. And I think there was a reason why she didn't actually give the verse. Uh, I don't want to assume her motives, but I think there is a reason. Now, I had to read all of Ezekiel 20, 21 to see what she was talking about. And at first I'm like, what is she talking about? Right. Um. But I found the verse. I found the verse. Ezekiel 20. Uh, sorry. Exodus 21. Uh, verse 22. And like I said, if you have your Bibles open, go to it because, uh, this actually goes against the point she's trying to make totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Totally wrong. Absolutely. Um, but let's read the text, right? It says when men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm. The one who hit her shall surely be fine. So what is this talking about? Right. Um, sorry. So let me, let me keep reading as the woman's husband. So let me start over when men strive together. So they're fighting men are men are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm. The one who hit her shall surely be fine as the woman's husband shall impose on him and he shall pay as the judge determines. So you have this situation, right? Two men are fighting. They're fighting so intensely. They accidentally hit this pregnant woman took to the point where she, she birthed the child. Right? But but the child isn't harm. It's it's well wow, the the child is just born. No injuries, nothing done to the child, right? Now, there's still a fine imposed because it still is a premature birth, as is determined by the, the, the husband and, and the judge, right? There there's a fine that's still to be paid, right? But the children aren't harmed. So no one's to die, right? No one's to be executed. Now, verse 23. But if there is harm. Now, it doesn't say to whom, but I think contextually, if you wanted to choose one or the other, the mother or the or or the child, it's clearly talking about the child. I, I would say to both. But clearly the harm is speaking about to the child. But if there is harm. I think it's fair to say to the mother or to the child. Then you shall pay life for life. Now, she made it say this is only speaking about to the woman. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You read that verse wrong. She made it seem as it said, well, only to the woman. That's not what it says. That is not what it says at all. So, again, what, what is she? 0 for 4 on the exegesis chart today? Clearly missed that one. Clearly missed that one. Um. Ezekiel 21 does not say what she say like I said this is why it's important when someone brings up a verse to go to it don't accept it for what it oh okay you know I, I, but what verse are you what verse are we talking about I, I I don't recall it saying like that you know i I think it's important to do that and and this is case in point case in point why it's uh good to do this uh by the way if you're watching the video make sure to give it a like give it a thumbs up so let's continue
1: but hardly least the bible does quote god as ordering an abortion which by the way does not sound like our loving god to me but sounds like maybe just maybe the men in the bible were taking some liberties and accusing god for their own ill deeds
0: negative um we're, we're gonna see this is uh <laughs> it's it's so it's so weird that she would even argue this point after saying abortion is okay so I don't even see her point in this, but clearly we see her view of the Old Testament that she does not like the Old Testament God, which is the same God as as the New Testament. They're not different gods. Right. This isn't some uh, Gnostic view of God. uh, Right. Um, Some Martian. Right. uh, View of God. Um, So that was an interesting statement in itself. Right. I mean, so why use the Exodus verse? Why use the Ezekiel verse? Right. Uh, Why use any of verses you brought up? Because it was just you brought up. Those are all Old Testament verses, which is very interesting. Very interesting.
1: In Numbers 5, under the title, The Test for an Unfaithful Wife, the husband is instructed to bring his wife to the priest, and whether his jealous ass is wrong or right about her infidelity, she'll be forced to drink poison. Quote, if she has made herself impure and has been unfaithful to her husband.
0: By the way, I want to be clear that it wasn't poison she was drinking, but water. So, <laughs> She's wrong again. I, I mean, I don't know how wrong she can be in so many times, right? Uh, I mean, goodness.
1: This will be the result. When she is made to drink the water that brings a curse and causes bitter suffering, it will enter her. Her abdomen will swell and her womb will miscarry and she will become a curse. If, however, the woman has not made herself impure, but is clean, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. Bring up the societal...
0: So she's going to go to something else there, but I, I want to address that. So numbers five, right? And and, and mainly I, I want you guys to be uh, able to respond to some of these arguments because these are... These, she She's bringing up some of the most common common pro-choice arguments just to show you they're not that good, right? So, I mean, you can literally read from the whole chapter here because this is, well, sorry, not the whole chapter, but um, uh, verse 11 through the whole chapter. We're not going to do that. Verse 11 to 31 is really where you see this argument goes off. So the, the argument essentially is a, a woman, a man suspects his wife of having an adulterous relationship, right? But he's. It's one of those he's suspicious of it, right? He doesn't have undeniable proof, but he he may have some indications that she might, you know, she's staying out a little longer, hour <laughs> longer than she might need to, right? Uh, right, but um, yeah, and so he brings her to the priest. They had to bring her to the priest, and the priest uh makes makes this drink white water. I, I don't know what she's talking about poison. Um, doesn't say that, um, but. She drinks this water and if she had not committed adultery, right, she's been faithful. Nothing would happen. All's well as it ends well. But if she had been uh, having an adultery, right, that which caused this pregnancy, then it would cause a miscarriage. Now, let me just say this, because she's saying, well, this is God ordering an abortion. No, it's not. It's judgment for sin. She's not going down willingly to the local Planned Parenthood of Israel to get an abortion. Right. Yeah. Philip says, does context ever, ever matter to her and her army? (laughs) I mean, for many people, this will suffice, right? As long as you have a baby dying, it doesn't matter what, what happened. Right. Which is the sad part. There's, there's no justification that this woman was willingly going to the local parent Parenthood and God says, yep, that's cool. That's not what's going on here. Because that's what she would need to show to uh, demonstrate her position logically, coherently. Right. But that's actually not what is happening here. So just want you guys to be able to respond to some of these arguments, you know. Uh, you know, I, I I hate abortion. I hate the pro-choice argument and ideology. It's, it's disgusting and it's disturbing. And I want to I want Christians to be able to uh, argue coherently. For, 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 for life, right? For something Jesus, uh, uh, you know, would, uh, be in favor of, right? Life, right? Not death, which is clearly satanic. I mean, but anyways, let's continue. Issues
1: in America that cause needless human suffering when we consider reproduction. Beyond sex ed, healthcare, and resources, we need to teach about consent and male accountability. Again,
0: I agree. <laughs> this is why, uh, if if a man is having relations with a woman, right? Uh, he's if he's having sex with a woman, um, then yeah, he should be held accountable. Yeah, it's, I always think it's funny how like uh, I've seen this a couple times on Twitter where women are like, we're not going to have sex until men start uh, taking responsibility for their actions when they get a woman pregnant. And I'm like, amen, <laughs> don't have sex. That's that's good. You know, uh, celibacy for the win. Amen. So yes, if a woman, if a man gets a woman pregnant, yeah, absolutely. He should be uh, held responsible. You don't get the, uh, you know, get the fruit of your enjoyment without the Uh, results of it yeah you just get to leave scot-free and clean no absolutely you need to father that child so if i'm with you there my friend i'm with you i'm fully with you
1: and i myself was abused into an abortion and this is not an uncommon story men literally Beg us not to wear condoms or they stealth, which means they take off the condom in the middle of sex without our consent. And then when we get pregnant, they don't have to pay child support and they bail.
0: Um, Both are wrong. Um, the issue is the premarital sex. But because if, if you were if you guys were married, having a child probably wouldn't be as big of an issue. So. And, and, and when she says abused into an abortion, it sounds like this may have been what happened to her. She got pregnant by a guy, and the guy was like, I'm out of here. Well, you consented to sex, therefore, you consent to the fruit of what sex causes a child. Most times, many times, matter of fact, that is one of the purposes of sex procreation. You know, not just enjoyment. See, we so minimize sex to just be you know, the fulfillment of of themselves when sex also is to procreate, right? If God opens the womb, of course, right? So I'm all for holding the man responsible, right? Does she profess to be a believer? Yeah, sadly. She claims to be a Christian. And guys, we're going to get into some more disturbing stuff, right? Yeah, I just cannot listen to her. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, sister. I get it. I get it.
1: Also, isn't it just funny that no one is talking about criminalizing the men who have abortions? So funny. (laughs) More fun.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was a good one. That made me laugh. Uh, Well, let's, let's get this clear. Men don't get abortions. Men cannot get pregnant. So only women get abortions. But maybe you meant uh, men who pay for it or assist what well, I believe they should be criminalized too. to be fair. The doctor, everyone involved who, if you give her a ride there, everyone involved should be uh, held accountable. Absolutely. That is my position. So <laughs> right back at you. Uh, right. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally for the criminalization of everyone involved in a murder because that's, I, I'm being consistent. If abortion is murder, everyone should be held accountable, not just the woman, but the man if he paid in it. Now, I do know there are many cases like this where the where the man does not want the abortion to happen, but the woman does it anyway. I I know there are stories like that. Now, I think most people, most men, sadly today in this culture, because they generally only you know want want sex, and when they find out she's pregnant, yeah, they they probably assist in that, and so so they're happy. Right, they don't have to live with the responsibility, which is which is disgusting, and sad. So I, yes, I'm the one actually advocating for responsibility. Not just you terminate this baby because you don't want to deal with results, which is crazy. You know, it's just crazy that we live in a society and country where we have legalized murder. You know, I'm sure this is how some Christians felt with like slavery going on. Like you could literally kill a baby uh, or kill a black person or you know in any kind of. uh you know, culture that has uh, slavery or, you know, to where maybe that's how they felt during the Holocaust. Like, you literally can kill a Jew around the corner. Like, just amazing, right? Amazing. Facts.
1: Many states won't cover birth control via insurance and Plan B is $50 a pop. Anyone who can't afford out-of-pocket BC or an overinflated pill price tag cannot afford a dang child. Also, one in five kids are food
0: insecure. Over This is the whole, uh, people are born poor, therefore you can terminate the, the pregnancy. Well, I don't think poor kids should die. I grew up poor. Probably most people watching my channel, if you're like me, grew up poor. I don't think poor should or poverty means you should die. I mean I I think that's cruel very cool it's 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 elitist it has that elitist energy mindset anyway
1: four hundred thousand kids are in foster care
0: nor should you uh, you know be terminated if your mother and father don't want you right yeah can't you you just hear the snake like just (laughs) yeah very 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 cruel
1: not to mention, funded education begins in kindergarten, leaving single parents like me a five year gap of accessing child care while continuing to work. And don't even get me.
0: Hey, this is the, you know, I, I don't know your situation, but it sounded like you had unprotected sex and you had a child, the the father abandoned you. I I, I, I sympathize with that because my story is similar as far as my father. I didn't know my father growing up and I still don't have a relationship with him, but praise be to my mother's that abortion never came in her mind. I, I actually talked to my mom about this once. Like was, was that ever a thought? And she's like, no, Lord, no, <laughs> you know, Um, I, I would have never done that. Right. Her mindset was, I, hey, I did this. I got to step up. He abandoned. So what? I will raise my child. That's what we need. Mothers, fathers like that. Not those who, you know, because they sin, they say, I'm going to sin some more. Right. That's more disturbing. That is actually more disturbing. So, hey, if you're a single mother, hey, I praise God for you. I praise God that you chose life instead of death. That's the easy way out. Right. That's the easy way out. So
1: started on maternal death rates the same states advocating for these inhumane forced birth policies have the highest rates of maternal death and black
0: you know i I find it funny that she she puts this stat out because what she doesn't tell is that most of these deaths result in people trying to do what's called unsafe abortions meaning they don't go to the doctor themselves to do it they try to they try to terminate this child themselves so a lot of those deaths in pregnancy yes Result in them actually trying to commit an abortion but by not going to the doctor. Now, her 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 argument would be like, yeah, see, that's why we need to allow abortion. No, that's why we need to uh, ban it. You don't you don't make something legal because people are dying from it. Like if most like like this happens, crack overdose or drug overdose, meth overdose, heroin overdoses. You don't legalize it because a lot of people are dying from it. You legalize you you stop the access. You make it so dis. Uh, Disimaginable, right? People won't even think about getting it, right? Right. But her solution is yes, kill the baby, or the choice to kill the baby.
1: Women are dying in droves while giving birth.
0: Oh, by the way, don't 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 make the black mother argument, right? Because <laughs> you want, want to won't talk about abortion stats, right? We'll talk about abortion stats and black people dying, right? Hold on, let me. Yeah, yeah. Since 1973, check this out, guys. 20 million babies have died in abortion. 20. Let me say that again, guys, because I don't I don't I don't think you heard me. 20 million babies have been aborted. Since 1973, and that's just in the U.S. That is just in the U.S., Right. Don't don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about the. Don't use the black woman argument. Right. Thirty eight percent of abortions are committed by black women when we are only 13 percent of the population. And and it's 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 a lot. I think it's actually lower than that now. I think it's around 12. We're no longer the largest minority because of things like abortion. Hispanics are. Don't 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 talk to me about abortion and, and black women. Don't don't talk to me about that. Right, twenty million black babies, just like that. But we 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 love the children, right? Since nineteen sixty seventy three Roe v Wade, the uh, you know, uh, sixty three million babies have died in abortion. Guys, that's just in America. That is just in the United States. You know, it's it's, it's it's the reality that, you know, this was stated recently that abortion is the new Holocaust. You know, more people have died from abortion than the Holocaust. It's, it's not even close. And it's just in America. Goodness, man.
1: Pro-lifers, seriously, what the f- are you going to do to amend these issues?
0: As an aside, but still, re- we're, here's what we're going to do: we're going to destroy. Not, I don't want you canceled. I want your arguments destroyed. That's what I'm going to do. This is a matter of fact, an imitation to God is Gray to come on the platform and discuss abortion. And I will actually, and this is, guys, this is not me being prideful or arrogant, but you guys have seen her argumentation. They will absolutely get destroyed on this channel. This is an open invitation. Anytime she wants, I will make, I will cancel something I have planned as far as videos to have her come on the channel so we can discuss, can you be a pro-choice Christian? Does it make sense to be a pro-choice Christian, right? Any day of the week she likes, we can, we can work it out if she would like to come on this channel. So I invite her on here, right? So what is she doing? What am I doing? Dismantling arguments, Uh, doing videos like this to raise awareness, Uh, seeking to adopt myself. That is the goal. Um, Willing to give resources to help. if, If a woman was considering abortion that I, that I knew I'm willing to put my time resources on the line because I care about this issue. So the, the, the argument is to make people think, oh, people just say in theory they, they care about lives, but they're not doing nothing. That's not true. That's not true. The most people I know that are giving to, to, to uh, you know, to support these issues are pro-choice. I don't see, you know where they give their money to? Planned Parenthood, who destroys lives, who's killing lives. That's where their money goes. If they're giving Yeah. That's a pay-per-view. Yeah. She, 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 she would not come on this channel. I I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we, I, I, like I said, we're still going to continue with some, 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 some stuff. Cause I, she said this, she had a conversation with Ruslan. I thought it was interesting. This was uh, over a year ago, but this statement was interesting. Like so Which, many... w- what would the cutoff be for you?
1: I mean, I would like, the thing is, I would love to say 12 weeks. And then the reason sometimes that you have to extend that to 20 is because women will have to tra- travel miles, cross state lines to get access.
0: So he asked her, Ruslan, shout out to Ruslan, by the way. He asked her, when is the cutoff period, right? When is the cutoff period, obviously, for an abortion? Like, what What should you when should you not do it anymore? Right. When she put like this, when should you stop being pro-choice and be pro-life at that now? Right. Um, and she extends, says I'm willing to extend it to 20 weeks, 20 weeks, guys. You ever seen a woman at 20 weeks? That is 20 weeks is half the pregnancy. Generally, you know, 39 weeks, uh, is, you know, but that's, that's, that's over half the pregnancy. That she's willing to say, yeah, guys, so disturbing. So, dis- you know, I, I kind of want to look, want to look like woman that, I kind of want to see just like pictures. Um, Oh my goodness. I don't know if I want to show it. I mean, just, just because it's like, man, it just makes it real. Like if I just showed you women at, you, you clearly see there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a life forming in there. Uh, in in this woman's womb, right? Right? There's clearly a a life forming in that womb. So, but I I went to watch another video of hers and I thought it was interesting because I want to remind you of something that she said in the beginning of the video that I played today. Let me play it right now.
1: And today I'm going to explain why I am a pro-choice Christian and why I know for an absolute fact that overturning Roe v. Wade would-be Christ <laughs> forced birth
0: so she says she knows something for a fact right that um right um that right abort this abortion would cause right it-, it would be a bad thing to uh overturn roe v wade by the way it happened so this you can see this video is before roe v wade but i wish i went and watched some other of her uh you know, you know, other content. And this is what she said here, just contradicting just what she said there.
1: I have to be honest with you guys and admit the more I delve into theology and biblical interpretation, the more I realize I know nothing at all. <laughs>
0: right? So she knows nothing at all, but she did tell us something she knew, which uh, is uh, very interesting, right? Right. But anyways, uh, I thought that was very funny. But, but actually, if you actually listen to her argument, let me play it again. Let me play it again. I
1: have to be honest with you guys and admit, the more I delve into theology and biblical interpretation, the more I realize I know nothing at all.
0: So, if you actually listen to what she's saying, she says the more she studies theology, right, the more she admits she knows nothing at all, which seems to indicate that studying the Bible actually leads to confusion or it leads to uncertainty about issues, right? That, that seems to be an argument. I would argue that reading the Bible will provide you more clarity, more wisdom, more knowledge on things, not more uh, not knowing, you know, but that's just me. But I, I also found this statement interesting as well the
1: only thing i know for sure is that i love jesus and i seek his heart every day the rest of it though is confusing and complicated
0: uh so everything's confusing uh she 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 loves jesus but i mean can't tell us anything about this jesus who he is what he did because hey we're just supposed to you just love this vague jesus because everything else outside of you loving jesus is very confusing i mean so the gospel very confusing Um, (laughs) the Trinity, very confusing. Just, just some guy named Jesus, the resurrection, very confusing, I guess. But all we know, all you know, is you love Jesus. I mean, what sin is, you you know, um, you don't know. Um, it's very confusing. You see how much of a mess this is, but she seems very certain about abortion, right? (laughs) Uh, which is the conf- which is the very uh, contradictory part? All you know is about Jesus. Love you, love Jesus, but you seem to make some some very uh, dogmatic statements about pro choice versus pro life, and then you make a lot of uh, uh, dogmatic statements about sexuality. Guys, what I'm about to play for you is going to be very disturbing. Not because there's going to be some grotesque images. But because of the content of what she's going to be saying is actually going to disturb disturb you. Yes, as Philip said, if you love me, keep you will follow. i like, yeah, this will show her love for Jesus. Watch this.
1: I know for sure this will be controversial, but this portion is for any Christian or even guilt-ridden ex-Christian who is not married, sexually active, and or LGBTQ. I
0: Did you hear what she said? for, for Christians who are sexually active, what well, um, hopefully you mean married Christians, but something tells me, uh, um, um, uh, but something tells me she doesn't mean married Christians. She means any person claiming to be Christians and then the whole LGBTQ stuff, right? I mean, I kind of let you know where she's coming from too
1: truly believe one of the greatest tragedies of modern day Christianity is how many of us have felt forced out of church or pushed away from our relationship with God because of our sexuality. The Bible makes it clear that all sins are equal and yet the church has made an idol out of sexual purity. Purity and heterosexuality is still an idol on many Christian channels. My heart is that we restore truth and authenticity in these conversations.
0: (laughs) Uh, this like I said, you, this contradicts everything about what you claim you knew. You seem to be confident about knowledge on this topic, but so there are many channels, and she talked about them on this video. Where, um, you know, she she talked about how she didn't like like these people saying, you know, wait for marriage, and you know, telling telling people they should do that. She was like, you know, that's fine for them, but that might not be someone else's choice. Like you have this lady here arguing that it's OK to have sex before marriage and right. And no one should should be feel, feeling guilty about that or shame. I mean. Wh- what? What? right you- Yeah. And and, and my, my brother best said John 18. All sin is not equally punished. That's absolutely right. All sin will lead you to hell. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Right. If you if you are not a Christian. Lying will send you to hell just like murder. But they are not equally punished. (laughs) So my brother, Bess, is right there. Yeah, she. This really kind of shows like biblically where she's coming from, like she doesn't know as much as. She may be kind of. Well, I don't even think she (laughs) has a lot that she comes off. But let's listen to this game because we want to respond point by point.
1: I know for sure this will be controversial, but this portion is for any Christian or even guilt-ridden ex-Christian who is not married, sexually active, and/or LGBTQ. I oh,
0: she she did say not married. Okay, let me let me say this then. There is no such thing as a sexually promiscuous Christian, as a, as in, in the sense of this is the lifestyle you adopt. That's not to say Christians can't fall into sexual sin. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to hear me clearly. But if you adopt this lifestyle OS, yes, I am a sexually promiscuous Christian, then you're not a Christian. You are not a Christian. If you are LGBTQ plus, you are not a Christian. If you have adopted that lifestyle again, that's not to say that you can't struggle with sexual sins. But if you affirm this as your lifestyle, you are not a Christian. By the way, guys, by the way, I have a conversation coming up here probably in the next week. That it was already pre-recorded, where I'm going to have a conversation with someone who who affirms themselves as a great gay Christian. Don't want to give too much details on that, but just know, I uh, did have a conversation with someone. Uh, it was it was a fantastic uh, discussion. But like I said, don't want to give no spoiler alerts. By the way, if you are a Patreon uh, member, if you are a YouTube member, you can already see that content right now. But back to this discussion. So let's keep going
1: truly believe
0: oh she said something too she says you know she doesn't want that guilt right of the fact that you were sexually promiscuous or lgbt let me say this sin brings guilt sin brings shame. yeah like saying i'm an actively lying christian right what is those, those are two contradictory contradictory things right right um two contradictory but sin brings guilt it brings shame. Guess what? Even as a Christian, when you sin, you there's a there's shame that comes about. Now, obviously, right in the light of right Christ justified, there's nothing nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely not. But there's still guilt and shame with sin. That's what it brings. Right? Anyone, anyone trying to make say, oh, don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty is actually telling you to deny the work of the Holy Spirit, who who uh, convicts of sin. Th- yes, that means you will feel guilty. You will you will feel shameful when you sin. And guess what? For the believer, that's a good thing. <laughs> Your conscience is working. And guess what? It should lead you to repentance. See, it's convicted right now. I don't know about y'all.
1: One of the greatest tragedies of modern day Christianity is how many of us have felt. Forced out of church or pushed away from our relationship with God because of our sexuality. The Bible
0: It sounds like it's a good thing that churches are practicing church discipline. You, you know, she would not want to read uh, you know, First Corinthians, I believe, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where where Paul removes, guess what? The the man who is sexually active with his own mother. Yes you remove the per, the so-called brother from uh, this is what she's literally arguing against this church discipline when it comes to sexual sins she's uh you should no don't push them out this is what the bible do you believe the bible i mean i know you don't like the old testament but this now you are arguing against new testament doctrines i mean still old testament theme but anyways um just amazing just amazing right is she in a church or under a pastor? I have no clue. I would be surprised if she, you know what? She could possibly be in a church. You know how many liberal churches that would accept all the nonsense she's saying? She says, I would hate to see her comment section. Bet it's heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm not even going to uh, put myself through that torture. It's already bad enough reviewing this video to, you know, help other people break down some of these arguments. I don't, I don't want to the comment section. I try to stay away from the comment sections when I'm reviewing videos.
1: Paul makes it clear that all sins are equal and yet the church has made an idol out of sexual purity. Purity.
0: So I, I can see what she's saying in the sense of maybe some people want to be sexually pure for others, but that would be assuming people's motives, right? But in the sense of being pure to desire God, that is not an idol. That is not an idol, right? Anything can become an idol. But if the motive is right, just just sexually purity in and of itself, that is not an idol. Not at all. It's, It's a good thing to want to be sexually pure. The Bible actually calls us to be pure. Be is pure, right? Be pure.
1: And heterosexuality is still an idol on many Christian channels. My heart is that we restore truth and authenticity in these conversations.
0: Truth. And on authenticity, right? In these conversations, truth, according to, you guys know what I'm going to say, according to what standard the ne- person next to you or God's word, since you claim to be a Christian. Do you follow what Christ said? You said you love Jesus, right? I, 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 We have some questions for you because of your, uh, your ideology you're presenting, but, um, she presented a paradigm that really started to say, it's not what you do, but rather what you think.
1: Outside of the asexual community, it is a struggle to abstain. That said, it is worth considering that repression can give sex way too much power. Repression can make us compulsive. My DMs, for example, are full of men either screaming at me or asking me to confirm that masturbation is okay. First of all, masturbation is healthy, normal, and not anti-Christian. You can watch my video on this for more details. Second of all, if you haven't noticed, it's not sin, but the preoccupation with sin that makes us feel separate from God. When you are desperately repressing and then succumbing to that desire and then thinking god hates you and then desperately repressing and succumbing to that desire and thinking god hates you your relationship with god can become a mess
0: wow right wow um (laughs) but you guys you you guys know how i do it here on all things theology i always tell you guys you know think about it think about it how would you respond to that how would you respond yes yes her name her name is brenda davies yes that is correct that is her name um, how would you respond to that? Cause we're going to run it back. We're going to run it back and go through this line by line, precept by precept, right? Destroy, destroying our arguments. But let's, 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 let's run it back. But I want you, Hey, if you're watching the replay, stop the video, think about it. And you answer to yourself, how, man, how would I respond to what she's saying? I, I, I try to have that. In all my videos right so so don't just lean upon me because you need to be able to give a answer for the hope that lies within you so let's let's play this back
1: outside of the asexual community it is a struggle to abstain that said it is
0: i want to stop there she says it is a struggle to abstain and the context she's talking about is sexually well yes (laughs) you're just showing the problem with your heart with our hearts our hearts want to go full force into sin, sexual sins. Right? And this is why the Bible tells us to deny the flesh. Right? To to kill the flesh, not right, not to pursue it. Yes, it is hard to abstain from sin. <laughs> <laughs> more like more like Brenda Hades. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh yes, it is hard to abstain from sin. Especially when you don't have the spirit, let's be honest, right? I, I remember as an unbeliever, right? Just, man, I, even as an unbeliever, I tried to live this moral life. Like, man, I, I'm not going to go to that party. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to. But I, Before I knew it, 30 minutes later, I was there. Like, how, you see, you know, that Mr. Crab meme? Like, <laughs> how did I get here? Right? That was me as an unbeliever. Right? And, and, and not, not only that, let me pick the picture even better. It's not that I just like woke up in sin. I was pursuing it actively. Like did I, I I did not want to be around Christian things, man. That killed my buzz. I remember saying, like, like ah, in my mind, right? I would never say it outwardly, uh, but in my mind, I was just like, man, he's gonna kill my buzz, man. I'm not trying to be at this Bible stuff. I'm not trying to hear this dude preaching, right? So yeah, she brings up a point which I agree. It is hard to abstain from sin in the flesh. This is why we, we walk in the spirit. In fact, the Bible says that. Walk in the spirit. You will not gratify the lust of the flesh. But this whole being Christian thing.
1: Worth considering that repression can give sex way too much power. Repression can make us compulsive.
0: You know what? At first I was like, what is she talking about? But there's a verse in, I believe it's a Roman seven that talks about this, where Paul talks about, you know, when he was, uh, trying not to be like right, the law of covetousness only stirred up him to be more covetous right right yeah and i agree with mary like the video just, just that's all you gotta do like the video peeps grace and peace mary the law of covetousness stirred up paul's heart to be more covetous right yes the law of do not um you know be an adulterer will stir up more adultery in you it's like the law stirs up sin, right? The law stirs up sin. But thanks be to the spirit, right? So that was my thoughts on that. Uh, so I'm a Christian and study and teach. Yes, I'm pro-Christian. Interesting. This is the hard part of being a Christian. Jesus is love that will never change. God is love that would never change. God gives us choices. No, God does not give us choices. He never gives you a choice to obey or disobey. God says, do not murder. He's not, it's not do not murder or do murder. There's only one command (laughs) right there. That choice is off the limits. It's, it's, it's not an actual valid choice you can go pursue in God's worldview. So with all due respect, I, I, I would, I would disagree um, Kathy, with with, with your uh, point there. But we'll continue with the video.
1: My DMs, for example, are full of men either screaming at me or asking me to confirm that masturbation is okay.
0: Which is a very weird question to go in someone's woman's DMs and ask. Like, <laughs> it's the first conversation you guys have. Like, what happened to, hey, hello? So this kind of shows you the sexualization of culture where the first message you can get from someone is a sexual question. Very weird, by the way. But
1: first of all, masturbation is healthy, normal, and not anti-Christian. You can watch my video on this.
0: Yes, it is. It is. It is lust. <laughs> masturbation is is is. Uh, it, and look at the look at the like ratio. Over one thousand people like this video where she's telling people it's okay to masturbate. Oh my goodness! Only two hundred. Well, we we're in a, we're in a sad culture, guys. We're in a sad culture
1: more details second of all if you haven't noticed it's not sin but the preoccupation with sin that makes us feel separate from god when you
0: if listen to what she's saying she's saying it's not the actual act of sin but rally rather, rather your obsession with um thinking it's sin right so it's 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 not you committing adultery but it's the fact that your mind is like guilting you and and making you feel bad about the adultery. That's the actual bad part. Right? Wow, that is so totally twisted. <laughs> that is so totally twisted. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. It's, it's that's why that's why I titled this section, It's not what you do, but what you think. Right? What you do is okay. But actually, is in her in this is her worldview. She's saying, what you do, it's okay. I mean, you have sex with somebody, I'm married, whatever. But don't feel bad about it. totally twisted. This is the lie of the serpent. This is the lie of the serpent. My goodness.
1: Desperately repressing and then succumbing to that desire and then thinking God hates you and then desperately repressing and succumbing to that desire and thinking God hates you. Your relationship with God can become a mess.
0: Your relationship with God is a mess if that's what you're if, if you're just sinning freely anyway. I mean, where, where is the where is self-control in your theology to say you should not pursue this? I mean, your you, your your uh, view of ethics is not compatible with the Bible nor Jesus teachings. Jesus clearly taught that the man was po- was supposed to uh, consummate the marriage when he got married. Not before. He clearly taught fornication was wrong. Adultery was wrong. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. She is saying make don't make Jesus your Lord. Basically. Yeah. You know, this her theology is isn't anything new. It is rooted in what's called antinomianism. uh, Right. Against the law. Right. You can live however you want and still be a Christian. It's rooted in anti lordship. Right. Theology. Her theology. She is. She is a child of uh, postmodern Christendom. You know, this this is this is what the anti lordship people produce. Right. You can live however you want and you still be a Christian. Right. Once saved, always saved. And I'm not by the way, I'm not denying eternal security. I'm not denying eternal security. But there is a theology that says no matter how you live, as long as you got that, you know, check that check mark you you said you said a prayer as long as you did that you're saved and that that's not true biblically speaking because when we come to christ by faith alone in christ alone right justification by faith all the way not by your works when you truly come to him by faith it changes your life and now you produce works that pleases him but she has no theology for that no theology for a a a life uh, you know, in Christ, uh, it changes your life. It pro- your justification produces sanctification. She has none of that in her theology, which is actually very sad, by the way. Um, but this is where I titled this section: Invite God into your sin.
1: If you're sexually active, you can keep your blinders on. You can go and have sex and not bring a condom because you didn't want to premeditate sin. Or you can allow yourself to be in an abusive situation where someone is hurting your body because you feel like you deserve it or that God is punishing you. You can masturbate in shame. Or you can do those same things and invite God in. I invited God into my sexuality, and since doing so, I have made the healthiest choices of my life. I've asked God how to behave sexually. I've asked him to show me when I could get hurt or when I am hurting others. And whether you believe I'm making the right choices or not, that is irrelevant. The most important thing is that you are pressing into relationship with God. Whatever you do, do not allow anyone to tell you that your sexuality separates you from God. Keep God in the mix of every aspect of your life. And then instead of tormenting yourself with a list of do's and don'ts, you will begin naturally making the best choices because you are planting trees of good communication with the Holy Spirit, of trusting yourself, of honoring your body and the body of others. Good fruit will grow, I promise you.
0: What do you think about that, guys? You, you, you guys know how to do it, man. You guys know how to do it. I tell y'all to think about it. You know, with, with the new setup, we're going to start doing this a lot more often. Where we're going to play sectionals and we're going to run it back. All right. We're going to run it back, cause you to think about it, cause some more discussion about these issues. And then we're going to respond to these issues. Right. Right. She asked, right. My brother best. She asked, but then read your Bible to see what God has already said. Right. Yeah. See, brother best is actually bringing up a, a, uh, large problem in a lot of American Christianity, right? Where God is speaking, but none of it is rooted in God's word, right? You ever hear this? God gave me a word. We we hear this often on this channel, right? <laughs> we're, we're, he that shall not be named today, right? Another <laughs> right. God gave me a word and his word is, he's going to grow you and multiply you. None of it is rooted actually in what thus saith the Lord in inspired, right? Infallible scripture. It's all rooted in something outside something less than more sure word right and I actually want to do some some video some content on this right the 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 voice of God because I think many people um have mis misunderstood that to think anything they they, they hear in their mind or or they equate it with scripture or at least God-speaking my friends i'll say this god speaks through his through his word not outside of it but anyways let's play this back and let's get into it if
1: you're sexually active you can keep your blinders on you-
0: if you were sex let me say if you're sexually active you're not married right obviously sex is not bad given it's in a, in a certain context but if you're not married you are yeah you're in sin so if you're sexually active you're not married. You're in sin, biblically speaking.
1: You can go and have sex and not bring a condom because you didn't want to premeditate sin. Or you can allow yourself to be in an abusive situation where someone is hurting your body because you feel like you deserve it or that God is punishing you. You can.
0: Do you hear what she's arguing? She's saying, okay, you cannot bring the condom and fall into sin and now probably have a baby, right? Because... You didn't want to feel like you were premeditating sin if you bring the condom. She's actually arguing it's okay to bring a condom. Hey, you're already premeditating the sin right there. This is so wicked, y'all. This is so wicked. But she has thousands of followers. Because you know why? You know why she has thousands of followers? Because she's telling them she's appeasing their conscience. She's appeasing so many Christians, right? We air quoting that one for sure. She's appeasing them to gratify their flesh, right? And that's what they want. They, they want somebody to, to scratch those ears. Say, oh man, I whew. somebody who reads the Bible <laughs> told me I can have sex. And it's okay, right? Terrible
1: and masturbate in shame or you can do those same things and invite god in i invite
0: invite god in to your sin right masturbate uh having sex bring in your condom right invite god into those things let me tell you let me tell you this god's presence is not with you in those things obviously i'm speaking of his favorable presence not his omniscience but uh, god is not with you in that act he, he is not amening it okaying it um so but you telling people that god is with them doesn't actually make god with them <laughs> it's a, the very ironic part or strange part of this whole uh, video
1: god into my sexuality and since doing so i have made the healthiest choices of my life
0: she says i have brought god into my sexuality her sin and she says since then i have made uh the most healthiest, healthiest, uh, choices, right? No, you haven't. You're, 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 yeah, yeah. She's inviting demons. That's right. Yeah. 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 I love to say, wow. Or you use, put that energy into marriage, put that energy into marriage, right? See, people don't want the biblical model. So as they settle for, I mean, she is just a product of if, if I could just put a character what the bible says is like a non-christian that is pursuing themselves their sins right it's, it's it's her right this is not the god of scripture this is why she has no Bible for it she's using biblical biblical language holy spirit God right peace love joy she's using biblical words but it's rooted outside of uh, biblical meaning see this is This is the consistency I'm talking about when I do other videos. A lot of people will use biblical words, but totally, um, totally rip them out of the biblical context. Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be alarmed when you hear people using biblical words. I mean, yeah, pagans do that, obviously, as we see here. But she's ripping them out of any biblical meaning. They're foreign to the biblical usage and what she's using them as
1: asked god how to behave sexually i've asked him to show me when i could get hurt or when i
0: you asked god to show you how to behave sexually and his answer was it's okay to have sex outside of marriage we were reading two different bibles he said it's okay to have the abortion we are reading two different bibles scripture clearly teaches let me give you the word let me what does the word say right what does the word say Right. First Thessalonians four. This is one of my favorites. People ask, what is the will of God? <laughs> Your sanctification. First Thessalonians four, three through five. This is the will of God. I love when scripture is like, I- I'm one of those slow people. I don't need you to around the bush. I, I want it direct. I love when scripture is like, this is the will of God. Right. Your sanctification. <laughs> it's like just very clear. You want to know what it is? Here it is. And then it explains that just in case you're like, well, what's what's the sanctification, right? If anything like me, that you abstain from sexual immorality, Mm. that each one of you know how to control his own body. Wow. In holiness and honor. Notice, notice this, not in the passions of lust. Like God is great is, I mean, sorry, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Right. The Bible is very clear on its sexual ethics. Let's give her some more. Let's give her some more, just in case, right? But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be even named among you, as is proper among state saints, right? So she's telling people, hey, it's okay to do all these things, right? It's okay. No, abstain, abstain from these things. Uh, I love the I love this right. We talk about the fruit of the spirit a lot, but what is the works of the flesh? Well, it's evident. I love that. See, I, I love the clarity of scripture sometimes. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. It's like it's just you go see it. Sexual morality that which she's denying, impurity which she's denying, sensuality which she's denying, or matter of fact, she, which she's affirming. All these idolatry she's affirming that sorcery i mean one could make an argument she's she's being sorcery right enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions she's affirming all these works of the flesh like in this video it's amazing it's amazing right in first corinthians 6 which tells us about uh, the change that happens or rather who will not inherit the kingdom of God? Matter of fact, I'm gonna say that one for a second, for in a little bit because uh, she says, she says something very interesting in a bit, but
1: hurting others. And whether you believe I'm making the right choices or not, that is irrelevant. The most important thing
0: it it does matter because you claim to be a Christian. You claim we you claim to share the same faith. We obviously know you don't. We obviously know you don't. You claim they claim to share faith, but it's totally foreign. We worship in two other, two gods. Not that there is two gods. There's, there's only one God. So I would say you have a false God. It does matter. Your sexual ethics matter. Because you are claiming this is from God. When it's not.
1: Is that you are pressing into relationship with God. Whatever you do, do not.
0: So only thing that matters Right, it's it's you. Whatever you, whatever you do, it, it, hold on. Let me finish that sentence.
1: Not allow anyone to tell you that your sexuality separates you from God.
0: So whatever you do, right? Hold on a second. What whatever you do, hold on a second. Let me uh. Let me do something real quick. Mm. See, so we got a little. See, it's funny. You know, the demons come out when you're talking about this stuff, right? I <laughs> um, think it got handled. Appreciate it. If, uh Mods handled that, appreciate it. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she says, whatever you do, don't let anybody. Right. Oh, let's, let's, let's play that back. We want to make sure we hear it correctly.
1: Allow anyone to tell you that your sexuality separates you from God.
0: Oh, yeah. Whatever you do, doesn't matter polygamy I mean polyamory I mean I, I wonder if she would say pedophilia <laughs> whatever you do don't let anybody tell you it separates you from right the love of God well all right I won't tell you I won't tell you but I'll let y- 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 y'all know I'll let God did God did it ain't me who told you it was who God did right so let me let me bring up the text Bring up the text. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Hey, God is great. Brenda. Brenda. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality it keeps going on. Right. Don't be deceived. It's a clear warning from Scripture. Right. It's a warning. It's warning you. What it it warns you not to be deceived because so many people are right. So many people pursue their deception and and are deceptive themselves.
1: Keep God in the mix of every aspect of your life. And then instead of tormenting yourself with a list of do's and don'ts.
0: Kind of like scripture tells you. um, uh, You know, to I mean not to pursue things but to pursue other things i mean she's literally arguing against i mean i'm literally arguing against every concept in scripture i mean I, I every 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 sin or act of obedience she's arguing against
1: you will begin naturally making the best choices because you are planting trees of good communication with the holy spirit of trusting yourself of
0: Trusting yourself. Where where does scripture tells us to trust ourselves? Rather, we are to trust in him. Don't trust yourself. That's a big mistake. <laughs> I'll tell you from experience. But even scripturally, biblically speaking, we're not to trust ourselves. We're to, we're to trust in him who is able. You're, you're, you're not sufficient in yourself. See, this is part of the problem. You're trusting in yourself. You're leaning on your own understanding and knowledge and wisdom right yeah planting trees or kids yeah exactly uh, scripture never tells us to trust ourselves matter of fact jesus doesn't entrust himself to us so why would you want to trust in yourself is there anything good in you no no wow
1: honoring your body and the body of others good fruit will grow i promise you
0: this reminds me of uh, Matthew seven. Matter of fact, uh, let me bring this up because Satan makes promises too, people. And some of you may think this is a little strong, you know. Oh, don't call it satanic. Yeah, it's a satanic. It's a satanic. Um, where is it at? Uh, I'm thinking of the text that uh. Oh, yeah, here it is. <clears throat> Matthew 7, starting at verse 13. Let me share this here. It says, enter by the narrow gate. For for the gate is wide. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right, cool, cool. Of course, that would happen while we were talking about this, right? Uh... <laughs> Oh, boy, you got to love it. You got to love it. Hold on. Yeah. So. It says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who and those who find it are few i remember one time listening to a i believe a steve lawson sermon and he says ultimately right we have our true shepherd which leads by the the narrow hard way but you also have false prophets who promise you the easy way a broad way but ultimately it leads to destruction right ultimately that road it still leads to destruction and i remember hearing that it was like wow that 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 made so much sense biblically. Right. And that is her. Right. Don't let nobody tell you what you're not doing is good and God still loves you. Right. You're, 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 You're fine. Right. All is well. Reminds me of Isaiah 30. Peace, peace. Right. When there's no peace. Right. Prophesy to us smooth things. Right. This is what the people want to hear naturally. Right. And so, like I said, I hope this video was helpful. Hopefully you learned something. Uh, hopefully it causes you to be more on guard, uh, to be more peripheral and like, man, watching out for those who are trying to deceive the body. Right. I mean, so we're going to end it here, guys. We got some good things coming up on the channel. If you don't know, uh, follow the Facebook page at All Things Theology, uh, become a YouTube member, become a Patreon member to see content before it drops follow me on twitter links in the description below appreciate you guys for watching till the next time y'all grace and peace Peace. hey till the next time y'all grace and peace